for a while now, we've been hearing about different issues involving members of the Mounted Patrol of the United States Border Patrol, the Customs and Border Protection Agency of the Department of Homeland Security. But sometimes it's best to hear it straight from the source because we can look at something and say, oh, you know, this is what happened, that's what happened, this is what happened. But let's listen to guys like Art Del Cueto. Uh, Art is uh, the host of both a podcast and a radio show and represents the leadership of the Border Patrol Council. This is the union of the Border Patrol people who work for the agency and what they have to say about what is happening on the southern border. It's important to listen to them because they feel they are under fire and the person firing them or creating the ruckus is supposed to be their boss, the President of the United States. His name is uh, Joe Biden. He's listening. And he comes out and he says, the agents involved in the horrific incident are going to pay for their actions. Wow. That's, so you've already, you know, persecuted them. You've already made that decision that they were wrong. This is without having all the facts. Without having any of the facts. Yeah. But he has a direct line with Chief Mayorkas, or uh, Secretary Mayorkas. Yeah. And Secretary Mayorkas has a direct line with the Chief of the Border Patrol, and vice versa. So when I see these issues, kind of upsets me, and I'm thinking, Chief Ortiz should have immediately called the Secretary and said, look, these are the training manuals. This is the policy. This is what the agents were doing. These are called split reins, not whips. And uh, they were doing this twirling in front of the horse to be able to make the horse go the opposite way, to avoid the horse from stomping on an individual that was trying to get the reins of the horse. Remember that, right? And there was no whipping and just explain it all. And then Mayorkas can explain it to President Biden and say, and even if they would have said, look, we're looking into the training manual. Let's say you're looking into a training manual, you know, because things can be looked different, whatever. But to turn around and say, these individuals are going to pay for their actions. That's what was said, Andy. Wow. That's... That's pretty harsh. So, you know, you can understand, of course, the feeling of guys like Art. You know, uh, Art is basically the representative of the Border Patrol Council. And these are the guys who represent these agents. Now, what do these agents do? You know, when I lived uh, north, uh, up north uh, on on the border with Canada, of course, the situation there is different. The type of things that are coming across the border over a water border like Lake Erie and Lake Ontario and also the few parts of land that actually do touch uh, in, in, the, in the part of the uh, border region of western New York, uh, or rather upstate New York, uh, north of Albany, uh, with uh, Canada, is very different. Now, what comes across there uh, goes both ways. You, you have a lot of smuggling, <coughs> both of human beings and of other individuals. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, obviously, uh, individuals—they're all human beings. But w- what I'm trying to say is, you know, you you have a, a lot of smuggling of a lot of contraband, whether it's uh, different things. And so these people are risking their lives every single day. 
Now, on the southern border, it is far worse because you have these large, huge, gigantic, multi-billion dollar criminal organizations called cartels. And those cartels smuggle people right into places like New York City. And what happens to the people who get into this part of the country is really sad when you hear about it. And when you talk to the people who are in the know, like at the New York Police Department and other areas, if they don't come in properly and they're brought in by the cartels, then you have a huge problem because you have two different groups. You have this huge group of people who are coming into the United States and they're applying for asylum. Okay, that's their legal right. They can go to the border and they can legally or illegally cross the border. Yes, it is illegal to improperly cross the border at a non-border crossing point. It is against United States law. It is against the laws of most countries. It is against the law of Mexico. If you're an American citizen and you illegally cross into Mexico or into Canada, you can be detained. If you do not have a valid reason, you can be charged criminally for it. Uh, and that's just, you know, if you don't have borders, you don't have a country. And that's primarily what happens in these situations. Now, of course, there are places like the European Union, where their countries are kind of merged into this big union. And they're basically trying to copy or become the United States of Europe, which is what we have. Uh, you know, New York, Vermont, uh, the Connecticut uh, states uh, of, uh, you know, all, I mean, I don't mean Connecticut states, but Rhode Island, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, they're all part of one country, the United States of America. So people in these states, even though they're 50 technically independent states, they are all united under one constitution. So we don't really have border protection between these different states. And some people say, well, that not that just what it's like with Mexico and Canada? No, it's not. They're separate countries. They have separate laws, separate individuals, separate taxation systems, separate money. Everything is different uh, because they are their own sovereign countries. And as sovereign countries, they have rights to protect their border. And that is essentially what happens. So what Art was talking about here is these are the guys who are trained to protect the citizens of this country from anyone coming into the country that has an illegal substance. Worse, they're also there to make sure that these people monitor and are monitored and follow quarantine laws, which make sure people follow the legal requirements to enter the United States for health reasons. For example, if you have tuberculosis at a, at a, and it is a highly contagious uh, disease and you, and you have it in an active form, you will not be allowed in the United States unless you are an American citizen. And, and even if you are an American citizen, you'll be put under extreme restrictions on how you are able to move around. Now that said, uh, if you have other communicable diseases like Ebola or this uh, virus that we're facing right now, uh, this COVID, you would also be put under restrictive things. Unfortunately, for those who are applying for asylum at this point in time, according to Art del Cuerto, that's not happening. You have a lot of people Everything crossing. Within policy, within the law, and I will repeat many, many times, the individuals that were being arrested were not getting whipped. They were not getting harmed. And, you know, you have the agents' faces everywhere, Andy. They're everywhere. And it's just, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's upsetting. I think uh, you, you hit it perfectly last week on the show when you talked about the split rain system and how that works. Um, and since then, I've only heard really one other that's uh, George Bush, uh, that's Jeb Bush's kid. Uh, he actually came out and talked about that. I said no, you know they weren't. They weren't doing what a lot of people said that they were doing. They were they were actually doing the job that they were hired to do 
as border patrol agents and this is the system that they use and you have to understand it. another friend of mine that rides horses i explained it to her she suddenly got it she said, oh mm-hmm. okay i get it now well a lot of people don't get it is because you know we don't exactly all ride horses anymore especially those of us who live in cities like here in new york city there are a few people who ride horses and there are a few people who write other things with saddles on them, but we don't want to go into that direction, or we don't want to talk about that at this point in time. That may be a totally different topic and inappropriate for some people in our audience who are listening who are whatever. But that said, what does the head of the Department of Homeland Security, Secretary Mayorkas, have to say? Now, I was able to get one of his Senate hearings, and he was talking about this whole situation. No, Senator, it is my responsibility to address the human tragedy in Del Rio to address that, we are doing so. That is my responsibility, and we are executing it as the Department of Homeland But you don't think you've played any role and your policies have played any role in fostering and fomenting this crisis that has ensnared so many thousands of Senator, what we are learning from our interviews with individuals is they are receiving false information and misinformation from the smuggling organizations that traffic in the exploitation of all well, so in other words, it's someone else's fault. All I can say is, Mr. Secretary, is that sooner or later, this administration is going to have to take responsibility for the crisis that you have fomented at the border that gets worse day upon day. And so far, we are so far, every time we hear from you, it's somebody else's fault. Something's going to happen later. It's just, it's really, it's quite unbelievable. Thank you. So, I mean, well, I, I think people don't understand, but yet you've got all this yelling over here from the administration, and it's, it's tainting the agents and what they do and that's why they don't understand because you have the individual with the biggest bullhorn yeah spewing hatred and, and lies so you know that is a situation that you see you got guys like the secretary saying one thing uh art del cuerto who, who represents the agents themselves these you know he's the head of uh, the, the the border patrol council their union uh who works together with these agents and when you listen to what they all have to say and what, what they're talking about, uh, they're dealing with major crises. They're dealing with major problems at the border. Another 60 to 70,000 people, by the way, have crossed over from uh, different parts from Honduras uh, and, and, and uh, have made their way into uh, uh, Mexico. And these people are now headed towards our border with uh, Texas and Mexico. And they are expected to eventually attempt to cross the same way the other groups that have come across so far. Now, what is the estimate or the guesstimate? They say it could be as many as, oh, the figure ranges from 400,000 who've applied for asylum that they know of. You know, these are the people who formally presented themselves to agents at the border. And then there's another maybe 400,000 who have also presented themselves at different locations, meaning not at the border, but at a immigration office internally away from the border of the United States because they didn't have a border person there. And then there's another group they call the Gotaways, which is another maybe 400,000 again. So altogether, since January, uh, the figure is somewhere around 1.2 to 1.4 million people you have another 60,000 coming up. They say another 200,000 forming a new caravan is coming up somewhere in Panama. And that is the current situation uh, as, as we are hearing about it. Now, what people have to say about it in, uh, in, in places like where we are 
in New York City, well, a lot of people don't seem to understand that a lot of these people will be coming up and the first thing they're going to be doing is working jobs. And these are jobs that generally people in New York are looking for right now, jobs that uh, they support their families with. And unfortunately, when people come in and they've been smuggled by cartels and they need to make money in order to survive, they will pay, take any living wage that they can make. In other words, if they owe a cartel, say, $3,000, uh, they'll be willing to, if the regular minimum wage is $15, they'll be willing to work for half that amount in order to survive, so long as they can find a place with a roof over their heads. Guess what? There are places that rent out beds that basically people, if you notice a lot of uh, day workers walking around with backpacks, the reason being is that all their belongings have to be out with them when they leave these sleeping areas. They're willing to sleep in parks anywhere just to be able to uh, to get by, say whatever they can, pay off the people they owe, and then hopefully uh, in about three months or so, they hope, be able to earn enough money to, again, pay for more of their families to be able to cross and or send money home. That's just how it works, you know, and, and that is a situation, of course, you're seeing not just on, uh, on on the United States southern border, but slowly even on the border up near uh, up near Canada, where where you have this problem growing with with more and more and more people coming up as well. And again, remember, as we said, this issue is not just about uh, the issue of people crossing the border illegally entering the country. It's about laws, it's about jobs, it's about protection of people. So this is something we all have to consider as we look towards the situation ahead. Are laws going to be enforced or are laws just going to be there? And whatever happens to those laws is something that has to be figured out by people because a country without laws or a country without borders or a country without any enforcement is a country that is doomed to fail, fall, and falter. We'll be back with more on this topic. Uh, we'll have uh, Mr. Jeff Cope to talk to us about law and order. Uh, of course, we know Marvin is running for counselor in the 26th district here in New York City. Let's listen to what he has to say on this issue and others as we continue our conversation with him. I'm Mike of New York, Mike K. Cohen. This is the Mike of New York podcast. We'll be back after this. Some people also say that, that we're treating, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, those people who cross our borders uh, improperly or illegally uh, better than uh, than citizens. I, I've noticed that uh, basically uh, talking to to people who work at CBP that that I know uh, uh, from from living up in Buffalo, you know, in that northern border, uh, many of them have been deployed to the southern border, and they're saying the the, the flood of uh, uh, basically since January there have been another six hundred thousand uh, people who've been allowed in the United States on temporary asylum. And possibly another 300,000, they estimate, uh, are so-called gotaways who got away from them. You know, who didn't turn themselves into the uh, uh, Customs and Border Enforcement people. There's another 300,000 
on its way, according to the Panamanians. You are walking up, you know, walking up the U.S. There, there, there are different camps, different groups, and they're coming up the coming up the, the pipeline. So we seem to be treating these people more. I, I looked at a, at, at, at a couple of offices, you know, on Woodside when you go along Roosevelt Avenue. Um, there's one office called Nice, which is basically there to uh, help newly settled immigrants, which is fine, but. It seems to be that the immigrants they're more concerned with helping and settling are those who are document deficient and not the immigrants or, or residents or people who have been here for a long time and, you know, have been paying into the system. Uh, do you agree that more should be done for those who are here who have followed the rules or, or are you uh, in favor of also just basically opening the floodgates and, and uh, filling up Woodside beyond capacity? No, I served this country. No, for the Constitution to defend her against all enemies of mine. A nation without borders is not a nation. What you're seeing is a socialist created invasion. Leave it to the Democrat socialists to create a problem with no good solution. Um, you know, my wife was an immigrant and proudly became a U.S. citizen. I support lawful immigration because I want immigrants to be able to see, think, work, and speak English so they can advocate for themselves instead of falling victim to the poverty pimps that prey on them and abuse them to get rich off the of government schemes. You know, they get rich off the back of immigrants. Lawful entry into the country is the best way that they can truly obtain equality. And once I get elected, I'm going to do my best, make it my mission, to help support and aid in getting legal channels obtained for those who come here legally. You know, if you love somebody and you really care about their well-being, you get them parity with yourself. And that means full citizenship. But there's no reason why that can't be done lawfully in an orderly process. And you have anything but that on the southern border. If you look at what's going down, going on down on the southern border, it's a travesty of justice. Those kids are being raped and murdered, and many of those that survive. They're going to be brought in here into slave labor and prostitution once they get here. Now, oddly enough, my opponent, who's a fellow parent, is pro-legal prostitution, legalizing all drugs, defunding the police, removing school safety officers, and that whole, that whole Democrat machine believes in abortion. So can you imagine the abortions as a Christian, as a Catholic? I can't sit by and, and say nothing knowing that what she would give to our, and I know she can't want that for her own kids, so talk about their hypocrisy, but what she promotes would, would create misery and sorrow. Um, you know, you want to be humane. You know, but just as my foster parents welcomed me into their family when I was little, I think we should be working with the church to see how many migrant children we can get adopted in the loving families instead of the current fiasco that the current government is perpetrating against them. But again, we have to do that lawfully. So when you flood the gates and you have all these false asylum claims, what they've done is they just invited everybody and they've made it difficult. So now people with a legitimate asylum claim are being forgotten about and they're thrown into the mix and it's harder for them. It's harder for lawful immigrants. Um, and I get that people want to flee the socialism that's plaguing our southern hemisphere, but we have to have, me, we have to have an orderly process 
floods in this country. And it can't be open the floodgates willy-nilly. Now, we have people, children. I don't want to see children punished for crimes that adults commit. So, and, and a lot of the children that come across, they come across with adults that are not their family members. And again, like I said, they're raped and abused. And when they do get, when, when they wind up in places like Woodside and Sunnyside and Long Island City, they're going to be sold into child prostitution, child labor. And, and the Democrats, the Social Democrats, again, not the rank and file Democrats, the Socialists running that party, running that machine, create conditions for minorities, people of color, immigrants to stay impoverished. Why don't they want them to learn English? Why don't they want them to advocate for themselves? Because then they can shed the yoke of the poverty pimp and say, I don't need you. I'm smart enough. And if you look at when immigrants come here, they come here with skill. They come here hungry. They come here wanting to work. They come here to be Americans. They come here for the American ideal. And they work hard toward that. And, and the way they dumb down some of our kids with socialist indoctrination, they put some natural-born Americans like myself to shame. Um, but, you know, I want to foster that good migration coming across. They want to work. They want to contribute to America. They want to become Americans. They want to fully participate in American citizenship. And so I'm going to be their advocate, and I'm going to do the best I can. Like in the old days, when our European ancestors came across, they had after-school programs, for the, uh, well, after-work programs for the adults, and they, they, they immersed the children into English. Keep your culture, keep your language enriched. I have friends all over the world. This is a very rich and diverse, culturally diverse neighborhood. Keep that in your home. But learn English so you can hear what they're saying about you. Learn English so you can advocate for yourself. Learn English so you can get that well-paying job. And your children, your next generation, is going to be ahead of the game. You know, that's my message to immigrants. Do it lawfully. I'm going to help you do it lawfully. And let's, let's shed the yoke of the poverty pen so they can no longer abuse and take advantage of immigrants. What you see down there on the southern border is nothing but abuse. And then, you know, to... to point out how they segregate, divide, and conquer people? Why was, why was the administration treating the Haitians different than they were treating the people that came from, uh, you know, from, from South and Central America? And then, then when he realized that he wanted to blame it on the Border Patrol agents, he lied and said, lied, lied and said that they were whipping people. I mean, come on, man. When you got law enforcement legitimately enforcing the law, and guess what? A lot of your southern border... Uh, Patrol officers, a lot of them are of Hispanic descent. And, and I can see the frustration and the tears ready to pop out of their eyes when they see people of their of similar ancestors being outright abused. You know, they want to enforce their loyal Americans. They took an oath. They want to enforce our laws, but they don't want to see these young children raped and murdered. This, I, I get excited about this because it pisses me off when I see children being abused. Adults, adults make their bed and they can lie. Now, that doesn't mean you can outright abuse an adult. Uh, we have women being raped and abused too, and then young men. But um, the children, man, we got to stop that. It's, it's just horrendous. Go back to what we had, where we have Remain in Mexico policy because it discourages abuse, right? And then those who have legitimate asylum claims, they return to the courts and they get processed and they come in, you know? But what we have now is just a free for all down there. And oh, by the way, you talk about a disparity, they're going to force people out of, out of government jobs, force them into an underclass society because they disagree with taking this particular vaccine. 
not that they're anti-vaxxers, they disagree with this particular, which is an experimental therapeutic because it doesn't have, a, it's not a prophylaxis against the virus. People, most of the people that are getting it, from my understanding, most of the people that are still getting the coronavirus are vaccinated and they're spreading it. So it acts like a therapeutic because it relieves the symptoms, not that it will stop you. COVID-19 is not polio, but the larger point is that those rushing the border unlawfully are not being required. They're not even checking to see what their vaccine status is, and they're being brought into red states so they can spread COVID-19. I mean, that's just ludicrous. I mean, it's a dereliction of duty, and we talked about holding people accountable. That's treason. That's treason against the Constitution and against the people of the United States. So I get a little excited on the immigration issue because I walk out in my community and I see beautiful, loving people. And I, you know, I want to, I want to help them get right with the law. But there's got to be a process where they go back, restart, and come in lawfully. Because once they come in lawfully, they owe nobody nothing. And that is the Social Democrats' biggest nightmare: is for an immigrant or other minority to be able to say, "I don't owe you anything." I'm totally self-sufficient. I'm doing this on my own. Um, when I talk to people that have obtained American citizenship, the first thing out of their mouth is, I'm an American citizen. I'm lawful. And I'm so proud of them because they did it the right way, and, and they're proud to be an American. I want to share everything that America has to give with them. And, and you know what? A lot of them, a lot of their kids volunteer for military service. Mm-hmm. Very, very decent, lawful people. And they get a bad name because of bad policies that the socialist Democrats put forward. It's just the little kids and what's being done to them. And, you know, I I can't adopt them all, um, but you want to do something humane. I mean, these these socialists, for their own benefit, create impossible positions for people to be in. You know, I mean, I I don't... What's the answer? Do you just throw them all back to where they came from? Um, when they're like minor children that can't defend themselves, but you don't allow them to come in here illegally and be prostituted out or, or put into slave labor. I mean, these people, that, that for their own political advantage, power, and just greed, socialists create horror. Everybody, it destroys all the touches. We got we got to fight a tooth and nail to make sure it doesn't continue.